They're back. Yes, they are at Virginia Tech. So be pleased if you're a Hokie fan because this feeds into the idea of handicapping bowl games. And we'll get an expert's take, of course, with paulstonesports.org founder and contributor Paul Stone, the pro handicapper, around 545. Of course, you can listen to that. Uh, And before then, you can listen to Trey and me make not-so-educated projections relative to Paul, of course, in our votes of confidence around 515. But Dorian Strong was the first of two Virginia Tech players to announce that he was going to return to the Hokies next year, 2024. And here was how he detailed his process going and preparing for the NFL draft or not, and whether other players really had an impact on his decision. Um, n- no, because I feel like like this decision that I got to make, like, it's just really like uh, in me. Like, I feel like it's no, like, no shade to no other guys and all that good stuff. Like, I'm happy for them boys that they're coming back. You know, like, if I come back, then we're going to be special. If I don't, then... It is what it is. Like, I hope, I wish um, them the best. I wish Hokies football the best and all that good stuff. But, like, the decision I make is just going to be a self, basically a selfish decision. Like, I just got to depend on just what I want to do and just where I feel like I can go. It's going to be a selfish decision. And in this day and age, frankly, everybody's doing it. For years, coaches have done that. And it's just they've been good enough in a lot of cases to mask that around the idea of building a team. But when they have a chance to do a better job building a team with access to better recruits and or get paid more money to do that, they've been okay with it. And fans have accepted that, but they haven't accepted players doing the exact same thing. And yes, it kind of taints things, and it'd be nice to have more guardrails in place, but we're in this spot, as I've said for years, because the grown-ups in the room, not the kids, but the grown-ups, the school administrators, the conference commissioners, the leaders in charge of college football, nobody's ever wanted to step up and rock the boat. And therefore, nobody wanted to put themselves out there and get to where we're probably going to go, which is some form of employment status in some capacity, at least for higher-end programs in the future. And the question of who wants to play that game, who's willing to... And then who is not? And so Dorian Strong mentioned that about Virginia Tech. That it was a selfish decision. But sometimes when a bunch of people make a selfish decision and it all happens to coincide favorably for a program, yeah, you do have a chance to perform well. And in this day and age, it's a coach's job to get people to buy in to the we while focusing on the me. I'll use a phrase that Andrew Brandt, former NFL executive with the Philadelphia Eagles and the Green Bay Packers, has used plenty of times. Off-season time, and let's be honest, college football doesn't have a real clearly defined off-season, which is why you get these moves in the midst of games being played. Only in college sports, again, lack of grown-ups taking the initiative here and being leaders, more self-preservation, which honestly is, is it's how society works. It's just... It, file that under the lesson of things parents know, but just don't want to tell their kids. And... Hey, if I'm a parent, I'm wise enough to tell my kids when they start getting into the college football game, this is how the real world works. Let's burst the bubble of naivety, and that way you're better prepared for it. So that's the Dorian Strong angle. And he acted in his own best interest, which he deems it to be coming back to Virginia Tech for another year. And he's confident in the ability for that to translate for him. Well, Monsoor Delane, the cornerback in the same room as Dorian Strong, in Blacksburg today 
did the exact same thing and announced that he's going to come back to Virginia Tech. So let's stack all this up. Tech's getting back their top two defensive backs who could have gone. One to the NFL and strong. The other with high-level NIL offers in Monsoor Delane. And if anything, if I'm Virginia Tech, I, I feel maybe better about the Delane idea because you're competing with other colleges constantly to keep your roster together. And by and large, Virginia Tech, for the most part, has done that as well as you could expect. Tootin maybe he goes to the NFL. You have X number of wear and tear on your body that you can accumulate. If he goes, I get it. If I'm Tech, be prepared to replace him with someone else. But quarterback, Kyron Jones is coming back. Don't know how many options he realistically had. He wasn't all that sought after previously, and he'd already transferred once. All four wide receivers. Again, one of them, Jennings, injury history. Lane, a bit undersized, uh, but very athletic and explosive, but limited tape. Same with Daquan Felton. And then Steven Gosnell. Very good key contributor, but nothing jumps out athletically. But they're all coming back for Tech. And the defensive lineman, Fuga, returning for Virginia Tech, along with Antoine Powell Ryland, who, I, again, they're guys that don't have the measurables to jump off and be high-level NFL draft picks. So in a lot of cases for Virginia Tech, it feeds into the idea that if you have the right NIL infrastructure in place, you can make it more financially rewarding for a player to return while plying his craft and trying to improve. And oh, by the way, getting yourself ready to maybe take another shot at the league in the next year, and maybe you're physically better if you've taken the right business approach to what you claim to be a business decision. And... For a school like Virginia Tech, as you're looking ahead to the amateur psychologist angle of it all, feeding into what the outlook is, if I'm Tech, I'm confident. Because yes, you've got guys that are all coming back, but they've all announced these decisions before the bowl game against Tulane, which you can hear, by the way, December 27th, 12 p.m. on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app and across the Virginia Talk Radio Network platforms, VTR and Southside 106.3, and of course 93.3 FM in Lynchburg. But for Virginia Tech, you got those guys coming back. Well, motivation and buy-in seems to be there with the program. And maybe it's somewhat selfish, but it's at least there, whereas Tulane, top wide receivers entering the portal, they're in this wacky influx of a coaching staff where you know the coaching staff leading them is comprised of guys who probably aren't going to be around when John Summerall comes in from Troy. So, tech, motivation, favor in that matchup. Betting line is reflected in. It shot up from 2.5 all the way up to 8.5. But there are other angles to look at as well. Old Dominion in their matchup, and we'll get to that momentarily again in our votes of confidence. But the Monarchs get Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky, you wonder where the motivation is, but I guess there's somewhat of it because their top draftable player is wide receiver Malachi Corley, and he's planning, as of now, to play in that bowl game. Old Dominion, they didn't make a bowl game last year, and they were excited to get there this year, even though it's the Bahamas Bowl in Charlotte, not the actual Bahamas Bowl. JMU and Air Force. We'll get to that next week, of course, in our votes of confidence next Friday, but I think you have to question the motivation of the Dukes in that bowl game. Air Force, physical, a lot of cut blocking with those service academies. And you got a bunch of players that, again, some of them are already transferring but playing in the game. You're going against a real physical team. You wonder where the buy-in is going to be for a coaching staff that's trying to lead you to that game. But clearly, with Signetti coaching that game, one foot out the door, heading away to Indiana. And you got a quarterback that may play in that game in Jordan McLeod, who says he will as of now, but... He's not going to be the guy for Signetti in Indiana. So again, you wonder where the buy-in is. And then, of course, Liberty. I think the buy-in's obvious for them. You do wonder where it'll be for Oregon uh, and just how many players might opt out. And again, if Bo Nix does, in fact, play as he says he will. But as Ryan Lee, former Pac-12 quarterback himself, actually Pac-10 at the time, 
but he was skeptical of it when he joined us Wednesday in the Fast Lane, an interview you can hear at Fast Lane Ed Lane, where you listen to podcasts. So there are a lot of uncertainties that are right there, which is why you need to trust Gardner Insurance Solutions for something that can provide you with certainty. Insurance that has you covered if something unfortunate pops up. Gardner Insurance Solutions. It's worth shopping. They're not a captive agency, so they can shop around for the best rate. Home, auto, or do what I did. Get both and bundle them together for the best rate. Maybe it's rate alone. Maybe it's the best rate plus coverage that you can possibly get. Much like the Hokies are confident they will have good coverage because of the players returning in the secondary next year, you can be confident that you have good coverage in your home and auto insurance policy thanks to Gardner Insurance Solutions. From that to other topics worth addressing right now in the Fast Five at Five-ish. It's time for the Fast Five at Five-ish. Five fast-paced, quick-witted things you need to know right now. Number five. So the Los Angeles Chargers finally got rid of head coach Brandon Staley, the one that everyone in analytics land was goo gaga over it because he loves to go for it on fourth down, even if it's fourth and three from your own 25 and it gives the other team great field position. Or he never kicks field goals, even if it makes sense because it's fourth down and seven from the 28-yard line and you've got a kicker who can make it and the analytics aren't even in your favor of going for it. Analytics say go for it, so we like him. Yeah, it's hard to actually sell the human element at some point, and players can smell when it's not working out. As you heard last night on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app, we're not going to play all the highlights because it would just take too long from the 63-21 beatdown that the Raiders, with their interim coach Antonio Pierce, administered in the Chargers. But there's a bigger picture point to this as well. When you know the guy is not the guy, and you have the resources to make a change, why not go ahead and do it? The Chargers should have done that after the collapse last year in that wild card playoff game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. But they did. They let this thing drag out. And it rarely gets better. And it begs the other question. Look at a place like Louisville right now. I can bet that the motions are already in place to get rid of Kenny Payne. But after their loss to Arkansas State this past Wednesday, after the decision of Louisville to Say a guy was transferring, the player said he was not transferring, only to have Louisville then come out and say, well, we said he was transferring because we actually dismissed him from the team. And that comes a couple of weeks after Louisville had a player who did not play because of improper gear. I mean, it looks like a clown show. And I get it, Kenny Payne, we interviewed him a couple of times at the ACC basketball tip-off, and he seems like a great guy. But it's similar to Virginia Tech with James Johnson back in the day when you just knew he wasn't the guy. And as my dad has always said in business, sometimes you know the guy's not the guy. And when you identify that, it's doing more damage to keep that person around than it is to go ahead and make the change. And you have to do it. Chargers waited, never got better. Louisville basketball, the longer they wait, just understand that it's not going to get better either. Number four. A topic I'm sure you cover regularly on the foul ball area, or will cover, excuse me, regularly, as you have already, on the foul ball area podcast with a new episode out right now. The Baltimore Orioles tentatively extending their lease to Camden Yards with the goal of that buying enough time for Maryland and the Orioles to extend that lease and move forward on a new 30-year deal to stay in Baltimore. Of all the teams that could potentially move out of a venue and stay in the same area or move out of a venue and actually relocate, I have a really hard time ever envisioning a scenario where the Orioles leave Camden Yards. 
That ballpark is iconic. It was the cutting edge idea of a ballpark being an experience as opposed to a cookie cutter sports facility. And it has still been a ballpark that has been embraced at any juncture when the Orioles have been remotely close to putting a competitive product on the field, which they have over the last handful of seasons. Number three. UVA adding center Drake Metcalf transferring to UVA. I get it. The wide receiver, running back, combo player Chris Tyree from Notre Dame will gain more attention, as will the defensive back from Akron who came into the program uh, a few days ago from UVA. But Drake Metcalf, a center from UCF, I I don't pretend to believe he's going to be Matt Lee, who was one of the top linemen in the country last year. But for Virginia, adding competition on the offensive line, I'd say this is probably the most encouraging player just because you have more bodies who can come in and maybe get everyone on the same page for a unit that grossly underperformed throughout much of the year at UVA. Number two. Liberty adding a commitment from defensive back Eldrick Griffin. He was at Mississippi State and then at a JUCO and had offers from Liberty, Louisiana Tech, Middle Tennessee, Jacksonville State, FAU, New Mexico, Western Kentucky, Utah State, and several others. About half that list our competitive schools in Conference USA, which proves once again Liberty with a strong enough name, image, and likeness opportunity from the Flames Rising Collective, relatively speaking. I also think it's worth noting, though, because Eldrick Griffin comes in and may even be able to replace the departure of the defensive back who left a couple of days ago, Preston Hodge, who's heading into the portal. Um, it's allocation of resources in these type of cases. Hodge is a guy who's proven a little bit more at Liberty than Griffin has, but if you're Liberty and your collective, there are other players that you would have to prioritize. I mean, obviously, Caden Salter goes into that. I'd imagine a guy like CJ Daniels, the wider receiver, would be highly coveted in the portal, and you want to do what you can to try to retain him if you're Liberty. Brylin Green at cornerback, who's an outside corner, those are harder to find. So at the same position, you have to realize there are monetary decisions that might have to be made, and that's where maybe you're sniffing around at something like Eldrick Green coming in and Preston Hodge leading for Liberty. And if you're an outsider, you're trying to figure out why, that may be the reason why. And number one on the Fast Five at Five-ish. Speaking of NIL and transfers, boy, would this not be a unique irony if it actually transfer, if this transfer situation unfolds this way because Kennedy Charles, who's leaving Liberty, tweeted that he received an offer from Michigan State yesterday. He tweeted that out. But would that not be ironic that maybe he goes to Michigan State At the same time that Dre Butler, a former Liberty defensive lineman who went to Michigan State, has entered the portal, the third entry for the Spartans already this year, and the third time Dre Butler will be transferring from Auburn to Liberty, from Liberty to Michigan State, now from Michigan State to somewhere else. I will say this. When players transfer that much, you kind of wonder what might be going on behind the scenes, especially because Butler, while he had a lot of the measurables, never seemed to produce the same kind of results that you would have expected for somebody of his skill set. And that is one of those hmm type decisions that you wonder. And I'm not saying character-wise in terms of bad behavior. Maybe it's sometimes just being overvalued. Maybe it's a guy that, uh, you know, the measurables are great, but People keep thinking they can get it out of a player and it's just not there. All of those are reasonable considerations. And there is your Fast Five at five Much like it's a reasonable consideration that if you're shopping this holiday season, shop InsaneRadioDeals.com. Two, four, six, eight. 20% off Yamada Japanese Barbecue. 40% off other great items like, like BNC Sports, Fleet Feet Roanoke, which you can use online, by the way. And Sequest of Lynchburg experiences. 60% off Aquatrek Adventures, Tri Scuba classes for individuals or couples, or 
gift certificates to Aqua Track Adventures in Salem. And Bot Attack Golf and Swim Club Greens Fees with a Bucket of Balls, 60% off. Plus 80% off Flames Fan memberships at seaofred.com. Plus Crosswide Athletic Club, individual couple or family three-month memberships, and the Lotus Beauty Bar. Maybe it's not for you. Maybe it's for that special someone to get a gift card to the Lotus Beauty Bar and make sure they are treated to the experience they deserve thanks to InsaneRadioDeals.com. Now, it's time for Trey and me to, or yes, time for Trey and I, try to get grammatically correct here. I had to think about that. To give our projections for what they're worth and our votes of confidence. Nothing provides the intended inspiration quite like a vote of confidence. The confidence I think that the team has. You know, winning makes you feel good, makes you confident. Now, here's our votes of confidence, inspiring you with the certainty you're seeking. Three NFL games tomorrow on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app. Four, if you include Virginia Tech basketball against Vermont being woven into that slate of games. We'll get to that momentarily. Washington Commanders at the L.A. Rams in the latter days of the Ron Rivera in D.C. era. Rams are a six and a half point favorite over under a 50 and a half. Trey, you get to kick things off. Rams are playing really good football. I'll give me the Rams. I'll go under 50 and a half. I don't think Washington scores much. I think um, Aaron Donald uh, seeing that offensive line is like me seeing um, a chicken nugget. I devour it very quickly. Trey, you know, I like the comparison. It's very clever. I'm going with the Rams as well. You start to wonder these teams where you know a coaching staff change is coming, especially with a a lame duck head coach. And the commanders fit that. I don't think it'll be as bad. It's going to be hard to be as bad as the 63-21 loss the Chargers suffered in Las Vegas last night. But you do wonder where the commanders are. They've been blown out in each of their last three games, all by 10-plus points. uh, And the Rams are playing well. But here's the other thing. This commander's defense is not what it was when they had Montez Sweat and Chase Young. Not that it was great there, but you take those guys away and it has predictably gotten worse. I'm going over 50 and a half while the Rams cover because of that reason. Pivoting away from that Sunday afternoon game to Saturday. Game one of our slate of games. Vikings, three-point underdogs at the Bengals. 40 and a half is the point total. Um, I'm taking Cincinnati. Uh... It's a battle of backup quarterbacks, and Cincinnati's playing better with their backup quarterbacks. Um, under, And I'll take the under 40.5. Here's some interesting logic. I'm going with the Bengals. At 3.5, by the way, I would take the Vikings. You've seen it at certain spots. If I see it there, I would take the Vikings at 3.5. Um, over under 40.5. I'm actually going over because the Bengals don't really like to run, and the Vikings are really good at stopping the run, which means the Bengals are going to throw the ball a lot, which means there's the propensity for more points for them and shorter fields for the other team to aid the Vikings in the amount of points they may be able to tally. Bengals and the small over. Game two tomorrow. Trey, NFL the game that is. Steelers, one and a half point underdog at the Colts. And just to warn people, we'll pick up this game in progress because of Tech basketball. 42 and a half in this Steelers-Colts game. Um, Yeah, Shane Steichen would kick any play caller the Steelers have hired the last five years ass in play calling. So give me the Colts and give me the under 42 and a half. I am going with the under 42 and a half, but I'm going Pittsburgh. Bounce back spot. Uh, it may be Mason Rudolph. It may be a quick leash you, for Mitch Trubisky. You, you are betting on Mitch Trubisky. I'm betting on Mason Rudolph, who will come in and uh, replace still, him Mitch that's Trubisky. That's still like not great. I mean, it's not, but here's the other thing. The Colts, without Anthony Richardson and with Gardner Minshew, they are subject to bad decision-making games. 
And even if it's a one-dimensional type team, Pittsburgh will make this game ugly and can find a way to win an ugly type of game. Broncos, four and a half point underdogs at the Lions tomorrow night on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app. 48 is your point total. I think Detroit wins, but how bad the Lions defense is and they're susceptible to giving up big pass plays and the Broncos can do that. So give me Denver to at least cover the four and a half, and I think this is going to be a shootout, so I'll go over 48. Trey, you said it as well as I possibly could have said it. So let's go on. Uh, I agree with you, by the way. So let's go on to the Sunday slate of games, starting at 1230. Texans with Davis Mills against the Titans, suddenly resurgent with Will Levis and getting th- or get, lay, laying three and a half points the Titans are to the Texans. 36 and a half. So CJ Stroud was playing because the Titans in in the ultimate petty move are deciding to wear their Oilers uniforms for this game. The Houston Oilers uniforms against the Houston, Houston Texans. Texans. Um in the, you know, petty pettiest of pettiest type type of game. Uh but uh yeah, I have to take I have to take Tennessee and under 36 and a half. I really like what D'Amico's doing. It's Vrabel, it's December. Um you know, I think Tennessee's got a lot of momentum after the win on Monday night. So give me Tennessee in the under 36 and a half. It is a petty move. I love those uniforms. I love the creamsicles. I love the sack exchange jet uniforms we've seen. Obviously, Kelly Green in Philly. The best. Uh, you know, they are the best by far of those. But Denver, Seattle, other teams. Are not, it's great when you do Shout this. out to the creamsicles. There's a, 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 indeed. There's a better time, though, than this one. Uh, if you're the Titans, it is ultimately a petty move. Uh, I don't think it matters the Texans being fired up. I just... The Titans laying three and a half points with Will Levis. They needed a lot to go right last week against Miami. Texans, even with Davis Mills, who's a competent backup quarterback, can at least keep that game interesting. Texans may end up losing this, but you know there's some wiggle room there. I'll take the Texans to cover 36 and a half. I mean, gosh, who trusts these offenses? I'm going under that. Meanwhile, game two. Buffalo, they're a two-point favorite against the Dallas Cowboys. 50 is the point spread. Uh, I'm getting the quarterback that's actually playing the best in the NFL right now, and that's the Buffalo Bills. Um, if you just like watch what Josh Allen is doing, um, so yeah, I I think Buffalo needs this more than Dallas. Um, I mean, they both really need it, but Buffalo, give me Buffalo at home. I do think this will be a shootout, so give me over fifty. I'm by and large with you on that one, Trey. Dallas has played three straight games at home. They dominated them all. Now they have to go to Buffalo where rain could be in the forecast. Kind of a cold, nasty rain. Cowboys actually can handle that, and it's on turf. But if there's rain, it nullifies some of that speed. Buffalo minus two. If this was a three-point game, I'd take Dallas because I think it's probably this could well come down to a field goal, and there's more variance there. But Buffalo minus two, you know, it's a letdown spot for Dallas as much as anything, uh, which leads us, by the way, Trey, Speaking of letdown spots, Baltimore, after the overtime win against the Rams last week, will there be one against the Jaguars? Ravens a three-point favorite. I would say yes if Trevor Lawrence was at 100%, but he clearly is not. Uh, I think Christian Kirk in the slot is a big loss for them. Um, uh, So give me Baltimore and give me the over 42.5. I'm going under 42.5 because of the Jaguars' injuries at quarterback. Baltimore, again, they can... Put together a run game to make it more interesting. I'm with you, though, on the Ravens uh, not being in a letdown spot this time of year. Meanwhile, the bowl games. Oh, this will be a lot of fun, Trey. First game tomorrow. We're just picking the spreads. We are just picking As an FYI to everyone. Yes, no point totals in this. Georgia Southern, two and a half point favorite against the Ohio Bobcats, whose quarterback is going to join Kirk Signetti at Indiana. Uh, Yeah, third string quarterback for Ohio is going to win this game. No, let me correct that. 
their defense will win them this game. So I'm taking Ohio. I am taking Georgia Southern because of the reason you just mentioned it. Two and a half. Here's some interesting logic as well. This game's the Myrtle Beach Bowl, and you always wonder about weather in the Redneck Riviera. Celebration Bowl. The famous toast tree. Oh, you don't want to see the sponsors. Sorry. Yeah, I know. I mean, Celebration Bowl. Seven point favorite is FAMU. Yes. Over six and five Howard. Over six and five Howard. FAMU, 11 wins and one That's loss. Florida AM, by the way, for Florida anyone. AM. Trey, by the way, halftime is going to be the real winner in this game, much like the Battle of the Bands, which yeah. is the four four bands competition this evening that's the real highlight of this weekend but i'm going with florida a&m i got them at six and a half it's up to seven seven and a half in some spots uh, they're a better team they've played better for much of the year howard i wouldn't say they're lucky to be in the spot but this has not been a banner year for MEAC teams the way florida a&m and this is weird to think but they're in the swack it's actually been a better conference and a better year for them yeah i'm again florida a&m uh as well jacksonville state two and a half point favorite against louisiana in the new orleans bowl Tomorrow, I guess, late afternoon. Uh, Yeah, give me Jacksonville State. I think they just want it more. I like Rich Rod. I like this team. The best player is Jacksonville State's quarterback, and their defense is slightly better. So give me um, Jacksonville State. I'm going Louisiana in this one. Jacksonville State, uh, it's been somewhat of a weak schedule as well for much of the year, and they've been minimally solid in those spots. Late tomorrow night, I guess you could say, or late early tomorrow evening, Appalachian State, six-and-a-half-point favorite against Miami in the Cure Bowl, Liberty fans remember that one in Orlando, Trey. So, I, I, I don't know the quarterback situation for Miami, Ohio. Obviously, I think they're... Zappy uh, is not expected. No, to play. Gabbert not Gabbert's playing. not playing because he's hurt. But I meant, um, is there backup playing? I'm not sure. Uh, but I, I, I think the best unit on the field is actually Miami, Ohio's defense. Um, as crazy to say. So, give me Miami of Ohio to at least cover the 6.5. At seven, seven and a half, I would like it. I'll take Appalachian State, though, at six and a half. New Mexico Bowl featuring New Mexico State, three and a half point favored against Fresno State. Paul Stone has got a conviction on this. I'm riding his coattails and taking New Mexico State, but I'll defer to him when he joins us around 5.45 p.m. today for a little tease. I uh, I never, ever, ever do not, you know, this, uh, I'm picking the guy who may or may not have, um, urinated on this football field at one point because it's their rival's football field. Game being played at University of New Mexico and you're referring to New Mexico State QB Diego Pavia. Yes, so the legend continues. So give me Diego Pavia and Jerry Kill. Trey, I like the logic. I'm just going to be blunt on the next game, which is the LA Bowl, the Gronk LA Bowl. Bet it. Live bet this um, game. If you want to bet it, live I ain't bet. touching it in a real bet. I, for this sake, I'm taking UCLA minus five and a half because they've got more they got better players, but, I mean, do they seem like they really want to play for Chip Kelly, whose defensive coordinator just left? Probably not. UCLA's quarterback, like Boise's, is transferred out. Yeah, but he wasn't their starting quarterback by the end of the year. It was Ethan Garbers who yeah, was going to play. Yeah, I mean, but, but, I mean you know, you've got changes on both these rosters. Motivation is a real challenging handicap. I'll take UCLA, but with a confidence of zero. Yeah, so you... The thing is, Boise has like one trick right now, and it's hand the ball off to the running back. And UCLA still has a really good run defense, despite who they do, without no Latu Latu, um, which is heck of a name. Um, so I am taking UCLA, but it, I need to watch like the first five minutes and see if UCLA is trying, and then I would decide how I bet it. 
Trey, I, I, for the Independence Bowl, I, I'm just going to go with Shreveport. Cal, three and a half. Both these teams have ample reason to believe that Shreveport, Louisiana is better than where they are. I've been to Lubbock, Texas. It's, quote, God's gift to the homeless, end quote. Meanwhile, God's real gift to the homeless might well be San Francisco or the Berkeley area where Cal comes from. Uh, so clearly they might be excited to leave that particular area. I've been there as well and can fully attest that if you like seeing heroin addicts shooting needles and, uh, you know, relieving themselves in the middle of the street with no repercussions, San Francisco in the Bay Area is the place for you uh so both these teams may be motivated to be in louisiana shreveport as bad as it might seem i'll go cal though you're giving me more points so i will take cal in that regard trey i agree give me uh the underdog in cal i think they might get the outright win the bahamas bowl that's not being played in the bahamas i'll go oh, western this is, kentucky this is the famous toastery bowl my bad Yes, the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. I'm going to take them at three and a half. Corley's playing. I think there's better motivation. Uh, although Old Dominion's got some first bowl game in a couple of years. Uh, yeah, I agree. I'm taking uh, Western Kentucky in this one. UTSA, if you're talking about just bowl survivor where you're picking straight up and you've got confidence, I would have most confidence in UTSA, whose coach Jeff Trailer is back. Marshall, their roster has been gutted by the portal, and I don't think they were that good over the back half of the year to begin with. This may be even worse if Rasheen Ali declares that he's not going to play in this game. I'll take UTSA at minus 12, but heck, who knows? Maybe Marshall scores early and that line gets deflated just a little bit and you have a better number. Yeah, I agree. Give me uh, UTSA, and uh, I I think they get it done in this one. I don't think it's particularly close. Last bowl game, Syracuse may be glad to be in the Boca Raton Bowl, but USF with a more stable coaching staff situation and getting three line has moved their way. I will stick with USF as well. Yeah, I agree. Actually, they run a very similar offense to what Troy uh, Tennessee runs. It's Alex Golich who was their OC. Uh, you know with the beer the beer and shoot offense if you want to call it the old baylor offense um we have it we have one more pick ed you forgot about one um before we leave so uh but uh so i'm taking us i think they could get the outright win i i don't trust syracuse in this spot uh ucf ucf this is friday night so i went friday to fr- next I don't, friday yeah next friday we can I, wait on next friday well we're doing a show before next friday oh we so. are so we, we're good okay yeah so we're holding just, off on that i want to be sure yes we are trey that's okay uh, so we got you covered with that. Meanwhile, Dave Walls has us covered local sports and Paul Stone after that. We got a lot to get to with such little time to remain here in the fast lane on the CBS Sports Radio Lunchburg app.